Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, my name is John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes are James Hatcher and Andy Clutterbuck from the band Hon, a self-produced English electronic music duo formed in 2014. James and Andy met while studying at university and quickly started making music together after discovering a shared love of classic soul and complex synths, eventually forming Hon, a Japanese word meaning real intention, during late 2014. In September of that year, the band released their first EP, Warm on a Cold Night, via Super Recordings, shortly following it with a second EP, All in the Value, making their live debut at the Seabright Arms on the very same day of release. During 2015 and early 2016, Hon released the EPs Coastal Love, Over Love and Gone Are the Days through their own label, Tatame Recordings, in partnership with Atlantic Records. The band followed this up with their first full-length album, Warm on a Cold Night, in July 2016, and it wasn't long before they established themselves as a global force touring extensively around the world and winning fans in far-off places, including going triple platinum in South Korea. Fast forward to 2018, and the band released two singles from their forthcoming album, Love Me, Love Me Not, and are fresh off the back of performing a sellout show at the Village Underground. I'm here at Hon's very own Toki Doki Studios with James and Andy to talk about three songs from their forthcoming album, Love Me, Love Me Not. And what better way to start that conversation than by hearing something from the band? It is Hon with Warm on a Cold Night, the opening and the title track of their debut album from 2016. And I'm very pleased to say that Hon have very kindly invited me into their inner sanctum to talk about their <laughs> new album, uh, Love Me, Love Me Not. We've got Andy Clutterbuck, uh, vocals and production. Hello. And we've got James Hatcher, production and multi-instrumentation as well. <laughs> um, and we're sitting here in Bow. E3 Bow, as we like to refer to it, if we're into our grime. It's the heart, it's Grime Central, it uh, where Dizzy and Wiley and Morefire Crew and all those lovely people um, emerged and gave the world a, a whole different sound. Um, but Hon are also. based here, and you've got <laughs> yeah. another kind of dimension to yeah. the E3 Bow sound. So um, we're in your inner sanctum, your home studio. I mean, how would you describe this? Yeah, I would say, um, just to give everyone a picture in their minds, we're on like a little mezzanine in a flat. 
in East London. Um, yeah, it is like a home studio. So it's very basic setup, but it kind of works. Yeah. And James lives like around the corner, a three minute walk away. With so, an almost identical setup, just right. so everything sounds the same. Yeah. Whatever we do. I mean, it, it, it's very un-studio-like in many ways because there's no baffling or, or anything like that. We're no. in the mezzanine. We can look straight up and see the sky. It's yep. very bright and airy, but there's nothing to create that studio atmosphere. <laughs> um, if we open the windows, we get the nice, pleasant sounds of, of Bow Road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you create that kind of hushed environment to record in? I mean, that must be tricky. Honestly, yeah, on the first album, I had to like close all the curtains, close these blinds just to get more of a sort of nighttime feeling. And yeah, I think this on our new album is a bit more daytime and a bit more like open sounding. So I think yeah, I, um, couldn't, I couldn't be bothered to close the curtains anymore. So that's, <laughs> so that's why it's ended up like this. There, so the sort of the theme is there's two sides with the new album. Um so yeah, it, whether it's like daytime and nighttime or being in love or being out of love, there's like a, a real mixture. Um, and that's what we've tried to explore a bit more rather than just kind of, um, we're very proud of it, but like it was very one dimensional, the first album. So we didn't really delve into different territories. Mm. But intentionally so. I mean, that was the yeah, approach, I think. It yes, was, definitely, yeah. yeah. Like like we were saying, like the the with the first album we really spent a lot of time thinking okay how can we make it cohesive and so it was like having my vocal with a prophet and some drum machines that really kind of sealed the deal and yeah. we're like okay let's work with that across all the songs and, yeah and you feel like because you're still trying to make people recognize what hon is mm. it's good to have that limitation and, and like put your stamp on that particular sound but now we've wanted to move away like still keep some of those elements but we've realized that andy's voice is like a really important element and just how i think you can kind of spot a hon song like the kind of melodies you're singing and the harmonies yeah that we don't have to necessarily stick to that exact methodology every time mm. i mean that, that setup that you had to create that first album worked really well and it led to a lot of success yeah you know both home in britain uh, abroad in the u.s but particularly in southeast asia yes um triple platinum <laughs> in south korea which yeah, is yeah. amazing playing it to is. twenty thousand people it's uh, it baffling I, I really don't know where it came from it kind of well we just we were just doing you know normal things posting posts on instagram and and all this sort of stuff and then this was right at the start wasn't it yeah. just after we released so our first track was warm on a cold night back a long time ago like 2014 and within like a few weeks sorry you you carry on well, you we just story. noticed all these comments on our instagram feeds like come to korea so okay i mean yeah hopefully <laughs> one day we would love to um and then it just got more and more and then it kind of spiraled out of control i don't know what it stemmed from i think you know with social media there's one person that kind of can tweet about you or whatever and then it can just all bubble away from there. Rolling. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. It was fantastic. And we eventually went over and realized that things were starting yeah. to do well there. We yeah. realized actually when we, we were on tour in America and we put, we were speaking to a promoter over there and we decided to put a gig on and it was like one gig, like 15 or maybe 1600 cap or something. Mm. And they put it on sale and we went and did the gig and came back and it sold out. And then we had like our inbox was 
rammed on Facebook with people like, I didn't get tickets, like crying faces. And like, What's going on here? Um, and then they put two more on sale the next day and they sold out in like 10 minutes again. And it's, yeah. In England, it takes us like three months to do one. <laughs> one at that point, it was like three months to do the same size venue. And in Korea, it's like just done straight away. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously, obviously the way, you know, you'd love things to be all around the world. <laughs> yeah. you know? But, you know, you, and you've got to go where the audience is, I suppose. Yeah, you've got yeah. To go, if they're interested, then you've got to return that. Yeah, definitely. Interest. Show that love. Yeah. Of course, yeah. But in terms of approaching the second album then, um, and obviously you mentioned that you wanted to expand the sound palette and, and uh, expand what instruments and what approaches you might take. But in terms of the actual making of it, I think... It, you took the same approach in that you came back to this mezzanine floor yeah. and, and decided to just do <laughs> it the away. way you had done it before. No. Yeah, it's a, like a case of if it's not broken, don't try and fix anything. Yeah. Um, we we did things differently. Like there was a whole number of things we, we tried. Um, I guess one of the first things we did was we changed the software that we were using. So we did the first record on Logic um, which is obviously very good and for what it does it you know it served its purpose very well but we thought that maybe if we tried a new software to record with maybe we'd be we'd do stuff differently yeah. and like I don't know when you work out how something works you can often get led down a, a path to something quite interesting yeah um, so we changed to Ableton um, so that was the first thing yeah, and I think straight after, so after we finished the first album, we had a lot of time, like a couple of years touring, and you're thinking all the time about like how, and listening to new music and thinking how you feel like you could develop for the second album. And like drum samples was a huge part of that. A lot of our first one was 808s and then like Simmons snares and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to be use more like hip hop kind of samples just more like either full full samples like of a drum loop or like bigger kicks and snares and hi-hats and stuff um yeah if you don't just have 808s there's a lot more room to have a very fresh sounding palette on each song um so yeah we definitely wanted to do that i think it was something that i noticed with like bands like radiohead who obviously evolve with every album that they do um, a real inspiration in terms of like really pushing themselves. I was just listening to In Rainbows and noticed that all the drums were different across every track. Like some it was just really acoustic sort of drum vibes and then the others were really electronic. Yeah. And every track had a different feel to it, but obviously still felt like Radiohead. I thought that we can try doing We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. If the biggest band in the world can do it, yeah. then the <laughs> most intelligent, yeah. brilliant musicians in the world can do it. That's interesting. So do you think, um, would songs start with the drums or, or would that be something you'd think about later? So the song, you're both nodding. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either it would start with it or very soon after we think about that side of things. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about three songs today yes. uh, rather than the whole album. Um, but we're going to talk about Day One, Me and You and Sometimes. And I thought Day One seemed like the one to start with in yeah. that that was the first song you shared for the new record yeah. where did that come in this whole writing and creation process then so you had this idea let's change the drums let's change our our software so yeah. you're now using ableton and you're going to use much more real sounding drum samples yeah 
Um, and how did that work into day one? Well, so actually there's, there, there is one more thing that changed with this album, and that was that we decided we want to work with, like collaborate with other musicians and artists as well that we've really liked over the last, you know, like we've been playing festivals and going around the place and you bump into people again and again and you like speak on social media and stuff. So one of those people was a guy called Ruben James, who is a jazz pianist. He's actually touring. He plays for Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty busy. <laughs> he's not around that much. Mm. Um, but he like can do his own night at Ronnie Scott's and there's like a queue out the door and like people want to see him play piano. And Andy, he messaged us just as a fan a few years ago. Yeah. And was like, we should hang out. It's like a real chatty kind of social media nuts guy. Yeah. Um, and you, he was in Japan at the same time as you when you were there. Yeah, I was just there um, visiting my girlfriend who was there for work at the time and I put something on Twitter and he messaged back saying, oh, let's meet up, I'm here um, doing a gig. So yeah, I met him then and then we've just been speaking over the years and bumped into him every so often. Yeah. And eventually we got in, got him here to where we are today. Into this very room. Exactly. Yeah. Onto the mezzanine floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, just basically he's, he is a genius. I'm sure of it. And you just sit him down at a piano and he'll just play and play and play. It's like a chord box. Just, <laughs> it just flows out of him constantly. Yeah. Um, and but got- it's, we kind of have this thing with him. So he, we've written three tracks on the album with him. Um, and we kind of have a thing where it, we start with just the chords and we all just sit around and he plays stuff and we'll be like, what about something more like this? And then we'll get to something we'll be like, oh, it's, this is good, but it's not like the best it can be. So then we'll just scrap it. And then we'll do that a couple of times until we get to something and we're like, that's it. That's the one. And then from that moment, it'll just, it'll just, the song will be done almost in like an hour. Um, and we had that with day one, didn't we? We sort of beat around the bush for a while. And then he was downstairs and started playing some chords and, just went that's it that's the one that's the one recorded it and yeah so this is one that we we like to do things a bit rough around the edges sometimes so we recorded that piano downstairs with an iphone just on note on um what's it called voice Voice, yeah voice memo right so Um, so so below the mezzanine is uh uh, (laughs) the mezzanine is gonna be a thing it could be so below the the where we're sat is a piano yes and so he was fooling around on that having worked on a bit of the the embryonic day one uh, all yeah. the ideas that fed into it and yeah. then you immediately thought that's the bit and yeah. then you ran down with your <laughs> with your iphone yeah, yeah basically wow i always just stand next to him and he was up here i think and he like looks at you like with a loving gaze because he's <laughs> yeah. like playing this is what he does constantly because he's like hmm you like that Mm. <laughs> he never looks at the I should say that though. James is looking particularly seductive when, <laughs> yeah. when he's looking at me watch out guys um, you got it there Andy well let's see what I've got there's a voice memo turn it down a bit up there will you Andy <laughs> turn it down a little bit will you there's nothing incriminating on this is there there might be <laughs> Such a wank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we definitely should have checked this. Yeah. So one, two. Oh, just no, keep no, it no. Keep, keep it looping. Yeah, yeah. One, 
So he like gradually developed it, basically. So keep it going. So you're upstairs. I'm upstairs, yeah. Providing that, that kind of backing track that we can hear in the background. Exactly, yeah. So, and he's listening to that and timing his reaction to that. And you're there with the, <laughs> with the iPhone in your hand? Or <laughs> yeah, I think it's just on the piano. Right. And uh, yeah, he's looking at me the whole time. Ooh. Yeah. So then, that's what, he, you know, he's gauging my reaction. Right. Oh, so <laughs> he's looking for your facial reaction. Yeah. So if I'm like, ooh, then he'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's and great. Then, and, and so how long if, did you allow him to do, <laughs> do that for? Um, it's quite a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just goes round and round. And then if you now, if we go into the actual recording, so mm. I'm just going to solo. Oh, so it changed key as well. But you can hear, this is the actual sound on the recording. Mm. You can still hear the like clap in the background from the speakers up on the mezzanine floor yeah. from where James is recording downstairs which actually when we were getting it mixed we were just baffled we were like where's this there's like banging sounds in the middle eight where are they coming from do you remember yeah and every mix we get back it was never fixed and then we realised oh it's just our fault we recorded it with an iPhone downstairs yeah that's um, great yeah. I mean it's so good to have that still mm. yeah Maybe it's just our bad methodology, but <laughs> when something's recorded perfectly, it becomes too poppy or like too pristine and doesn't have any character, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so at this point, um, did you have any words to this song? Did you have anything else for this song? Not at that point. So I no. believe the first thing, the, on the very first day, we had an instrumental, pretty much the full thing and a chorus which was the chorus that is still there. Um, there's also this intro. Which no one will ever hear. No, that never made the cut. <laughs> right. Which is just a sample. Of a lady on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing, and I love it. Yeah. So sad. So you dropped it for legal reasons, or...? or, or yeah, it was a yeah. case of not being able to clear yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was an added extra. It wasn't necessary. Yeah. 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 So there was no verse at this point. There was maybe a pre, but I'm not sure. I haven't listened to this version. <laughs> and the day one reference, I mean, could did that have anything to do with the fact that this was the start of the new record? Possibly, yeah. Um, it was... You often, like, write stuff down, don't you? Of, like... Yeah. Like, things that you want to write about kind of thing. It was more a case of, like... Um, so I've been in a relationship for a long, long time with the same person, and it's just, like, an ode to to them mm. so it's like a, a, an ode to everlasting love exactly yeah i mean yeah. It, it's such a lovely upbeat song yeah so at what point 
then did you think right i've got to sit down and start thinking about this song um and, and what i can do with it no because i can't just sing that little refrain again, and again. yeah no so it, <laughs> it, i could but yeah it, it, it took as it always does it will then take like you know another version and another version after that i think we've got like five or six versions um in terms of your verses and the middle eight it all, you wrote it all in like a one more day didn't you yeah and sent it over yeah i think so um once you once andy's got like the clear concept down normally a chorus or something yeah then the rest seems to well i don't know but it seems pretty painless for you to to come up with the rest of it to yeah. write the rest of it and it's the same as with the first album um what would happen is we'd either write an instrumental together or James would write an instrumental and then we'd part ways and then I'd just do my thing and it's still the same. Yeah. I'll just, once the instrumental's there, just hash it out, spend a day or so working out the concept and the, mm. the lyrics. And in terms of Ruben's involvement, so that day you recorded him mm -hmm. and, and did you you get him to, you know, play and play and play and then he walks away and then you take it up from there. Is that what happens? Yeah. We, had, we had all of it though pretty much, didn't we? For this one, yeah. yeah. So, but generally speaking, um, with with either Ruben or a lot of the other people that we've worked with on this record, we'll start something and get it to a, you know a fairly decent point. But then, because we're control freaks, I guess we like <laughs> bring it in house and then putting our stamp on it and yeah. getting it to the point that we it can change with. quite a lot, can't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting this this new element of adding a an extra person who just helps as a catalyst to just get things going it's, exactly. and it, it's clearly working really well and I, I like that idea that you know they they know what they're doing it's all just coming hang out really and having yeah. fun yeah. together um but at the same time letting you carry on with it and yeah you know. like like the mid, the middle eight of this song on honestly the chords were written they're like it's a pretty complex change in this song honestly ruben wrote this section in the time it took to walk over to that keyboard and play it. Just, can you play it? Because <laughs> it's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. And even that glissando, like he did that on the spot. Right. Yeah, it's all the black notes of the keyboard. He yeah. loves doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he even plays it with his elbow. Yeah, he does. And looks like... at you at the same time. <laughs> and so he, after that middle eight then, because I mean, the, the song does build. I mean, you, 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 you add further touches, don't you? I mean, there's even yeah. a gospel choir on this song. There are, yeah. So we went into love to get them in here but it's just not possible <laughs> um, into your church <laughs> yeah exactly no so we record them um and we recorded with this choir um the house gospel choir on the first album as well so yeah they're just an amazing group of people and we got them in again to livingston studios um and just spent a day with them there again incredible and we got them on the end i think mm. and in the choruses as well yeah but there's another part there that 
we haven't talked about, which is that kind of whistling part. That yeah, that's a flute, isn't it? It right. is. Andy's very good at the flute. So, just... <laughs> so there's an actual real flute that you play? Oh, no. It's no, no. I wish it was true. It's a sample that Jeff we found. Um, I don't know where, but it's all, I've just all gone through it and repitched yeah. all the notes to fit with the the tune. Um, but yeah, it, rhythmically it was exactly the way it is now. That's also one of Andy's little tricks. So you get like a, uh, so like a, an instrument, like a burst of notes kind of thing. So it can be a saxophone or a flute or something, but going like, like any notes, put auto tune on it and make it set to the right, to the key of the song. So that every note of that run is in, in it in, will fit over your song. Yeah. So That's this clever. is really great. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was, I was, you're a genius. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is the flute. I mean, this is it completely dry. So this is that without any treatment. This is how you found it. Yeah. Uh, no, or this is. This is. I can't take it back to the very original. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't necessarily want um, you to, but it's it's. This is yeah. This is with no effects or anything, and then it's got side chain on, reverb, and a filter. So, yeah. mm. Have you got that? Yeah, I mean, it's a very subtle thing in within the, the the song, but it's another element that adds another layer that the listener can really get involved in. I think because you could easily see or hear them picking up on just that little refrain yeah. and enjoying that little refrain when they're singing along to your song. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All those little elements yeah. that aren't the main body, and yeah. you don't rely on on just using your hook and the tune that you've got yeah. uh, to, to yeah, keep people happy. No, yeah, yeah, That's, exactly. That and was the same one way of our main things for this album was to be that we wanted it to be just like a feast of sounds that you don't really know how they're made. Like, mm. I don't know, that doesn't really sound like a flute. No. This is the... Um, I don't know if it's actually... It might be Ruben. This is it dry. Oh, so it's Ruben. And then you've turned it into something else. Just uh, kind of. with the powers of reverb and delay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just it sounds, reverb and delay. It sounds like a load of chimes. So we do, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the session with the, the house choir, the, the gospel choir that's yeah. on it. So how, did you know exactly what you were trying to achieve there? With we yeah we always go in with an idea of what we want to get yeah because um, we had Ruben Ruben had already sung those harmonies and the chords yeah he sang every note of the chords in fact I'll actually get those because they're quite nice to listen to so yeah that and that's, so that's just that's, that's not you singing Andy no. that's, that's this is Ruben, which is quite nice. We quite like it when there's... It just adds a different dimension when it's someone else's vocal. Yeah. Well, for me, anyway, I would I would just get <laughs> bored of hearing... Yeah. My Your own voice. Up. Yeah. Um, and he, what he would do is would sing, uh, like, one line at a time. And then just add... 
to make these really crazy chords. Yeah. And is that all sung here as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so did you get him back to do those singing parts or was that on the same no, day? I think it was all in one day. All in the one yeah. day. Gosh, you're day working one. him hard, aren't you? you know? <laughs> yeah. But also you're, you're kind of running with ideas as you've, as you've got him here and you're kind of exploring yeah, things exactly. because it wasn't necessarily given that you were you know, going to use that in that yeah, way. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was, it was one of those moments that it just happened very easily. Yeah. Like a song, some songs don't come as easy as this and they're a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Something it's great. Like so, I mean, day one, if this was day one of the recording process for the second Hon album, went pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. I, I definitely feel like this it was, was all kind of a blueprint after this point. Yeah, and it was all downhill. Yeah, all that. downhill from it. <laughs> you may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Take Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. This episode is supported by Museversal, an amazing new service for working with session musicians remotely. If you use session musicians or would like to, but it's been too expensive or hard to organise, this is for you. And we have a special offer for any Tape Notes listeners, 25% off for the first three months, and you get to skip the wait list. But more on that in a moment. I've got David from Museversal here to tell us all about it. Hello, David. What is Museversal? Hey, John, thank you so much for having us on here. Appreciate it a ton. Museversal is an online remote recording studio for artists, producers, composers, anyone who's a music creator to work with session musicians remotely. In a couple of clicks, you can go on and you can book a session with a drummer or a guitar player, a piano player, you name it, they're on the platform and so the way that it works is all of the sessions are hosted over live stream. So all of the, you know, revisions and feedback and all of the different little, you know, hey, um, would you mind, you know, moving to the ride symbol for the fourth bar? Or would you mind 
you know, finger plucking instead of using a pick, you know, all of those types of creative choices can happen quite literally as if the musician is in the room just done over live stream. Yeah. It sounds amazing. And in a way, the clue is in the name, Museversal. It means that whether you're a beginner or whether you're somebody with a lot of experience, you can still get access to the same kind of level of musicianship and creativity. Yeah, it's amazing because it it allows the music to have expression on it and musicianship that, you know, if I'm sitting in my basement playing piano versus a piano player that's played for, you know, Jay-Z or has been playing for 25 plus years, the material that comes out of that is going to sound night and day. What does it cost? So the service is $200 a month US and included in that is all of the sessions. So there's no additional fees or anything. You know, you get to book as many sessions as you can have per month. To put it in perspective, the average user probably books about five to seven sessions per month. But we actually have some users booking 10, 12, 15 sessions per month. So I mean, you can do the math on 200. The the deal really is awesome. And it, it allows people to work with incredible musicians and, and, you know, not break the bank. It sounds great. Can you remind us what the offer is for Take Notes listeners? Well, look, we're so thankful um, that you guys are having us on here. What we would love to do is offer 25% off per month for their first three months. And then the other cool part is they get to skip our wait list. So, you know, we usually run a wait list. It's about two weeks long. But in this case, you know, finding us through this episode, you could have a session as early as tomorrow. Fantastic. And to get the offer, all you have to do is find the link in any of our recent episode show notes. David, thank you so much for speaking to us. And maybe one day we'll be talking about a piece of music that's been created using Musiversal. That would be incredible. We cannot wait for that day. What should we have a look at next? So the other two songs we're going to listen to are Me and You and Sometimes, and which was next in the evolution of the record or or which illustrates the the darker side. Should we do Sometimes? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the the concept of the album is Love Me, Love Me Not. And each song kind of falls into one of those categories. So yeah, day one and then the opposite of that is Sometimes. Yeah, and Sometimes was released together with day one. So they came as a pair. And this one started in LA, actually. So we went there for a week or just over a week to, again, work with other people and you know, broaden our horizons. And one of the days that we had a session booked in, it got canceled, it all fell through. And um, we We had nothing with us, did we, at all? Yeah, we've got our phones and I don't even think we had a laptop. No, we didn't. So we were very ill-prepared. We, But funnily enough, we, well, I think our manager sent us an article very cleverly saying, it was about a, a guy, a producer called Steve Lacey. Well, in an article that we read, he was renowned for just starting ideas on his phone using GarageBand to record a guitar into or whatever it was. And he'd go to sessions and be like, I've got this idea. Here it is. I'm just plugged his phone in. Um, so we're like, right, well, we've got our phones at least. We've got internet. We can download GarageBand. And that's exactly what we did. Um so yeah. two of you sat on the same sofa with headphones on, <laughs> doing different um, things. not talking to each other, but yeah. doing different things yeah. on your phones with GarageBand and using whatever plugins they have. Or, or you know, they, Yeah, so one of the um, instruments you can sort of make is a sampler. So you could record into the mic and then it would, it cleverly puts it to a C, so the note C, and then from that point 
James was like whistling and then we could make a, an instrument out of the whistle, for example, or, or anything. Um, but yeah, this is how Sometimes started basically. And this is the very, very first rough demo. So now Andy's just triggered his phone. So you're playing this off your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this um, is the original project. So the piano there is um, out of time. <laughs> yeah, it's very out of time. Um, but no, it's just a, a sample that was already on GarageBand that I've put into the sampler, and then I, I'm triggering different notes and um, yeah, yeah. And it just all it takes for us is to find, like that sound is like that's a unique sound. We can make a whole song out of that. So that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's an amazing starting point because it seems so simple. You know, and, and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of this laid back LA afternoon, the two of you, you know, uh, the, 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 the appointments have been cancelled. So you've yeah. got this free time, but only phones to use. Yeah. And you've risen to the occasion <laughs> by <laughs> creating something. Yeah. It was very clever of our manager to send us that article. Yeah. yeah. Like, you should be working somehow. <laughs> um, I'm going to get you working. Yeah. You're not going to relax. Um, had he had that article saved for ages? To, maybe, to, to yeah, until this one day. Last resort. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Um, it was. It was because Steve Lacey got a track. Uh, this article was published because he he was on Kendrick Lamar's album, and he he produced the drums for one of them on his phone in the session, and that was why he sent it to us. I think. Right. Yeah. So there are no yeah. excuses. You can be working. You don't need to be just yeah. thinking. Right. Oh, it's a pool day, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Damn Fantastic. It. Unfortunately so, for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you created that and then you took that home with you and said, look what we did in LA. Yeah. <laughs> it was really successful. We need to fly there more often. I think I, it was kind of one of those things that we maybe slept on. Like we didn't really um, think about it. And then, you know, after a while, I might have been looking through my phone and I thought, oh, I remember that thing we did. Maybe it could be good. Pulled it up. And I think. To be honest, I didn't hear anything about this song until I heard the final version of this song. <laughs> well, there were, there were a few... Or like the first, the yeah, first full demo of this There song. were a few um, building up to it. And it, this, this was one, unlike day one, that was very simple. This was a hard, hard one and it took a long time to... Come to full fruition. Yeah. Yeah. And lyrically, it's, it all came from um, around... It's... it's darker and it was around the time that there were some of the terror attacks in London and I had texted my girlfriend to say are you okay like just making sure that you know she was not involved in any way and I hadn't heard back and and I just like how everyone's mind thinks the worst in a time like that I thought oh, oh dear what's going on um but yeah this this song is about telling someone how you felt when you had the chance to but obviously not being able to um so yeah it's it is the flip side to day one which is you know very bubbly and celebrating yeah, yeah exactly um so so but in effect with regards to this song you had taken what you'd come up with in la and stumbled across it again at a later stage yeah. and then started to develop it but hadn't shared this with James until you shared the demo that yes, you're yeah, going to play us now. Yeah, okay, let me just find that. 
So he does do some things without you then. No. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, that's that does happen sometimes. <laughs> Just now and again. On the last album there's a track called Treat You Right. And my only input was I think we should half the first chorus. Is that cool? Send that one off to be mixed. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm fucking hard work. Sometimes I'm the worst person. So we also went a bit Kanye and Bon Boniver with it. <laughs> did that come from the the music that you had created back in LA? No, because that did you think that would really suit it, or or did you try out a, a cleaner vocal? Um, I I did try. I think I was um, I had just got the profit sound to so the chords that you hear underneath. Um, and I had the mic plugged in and I think I was just, I turned auto-tune and like a vocoder plug-in on and I just wanted to try it out because it's been something I wanted to try for a while. Yeah, we've always wanted to do that. Um, yeah, and that's that's what happened. I mean, if I went into the project and you heard, you heard um, the actual vocal take, because what happens is in your headphones, you hear the tuned vocal, so you hear it all perfect. Yeah. And you can't hear your raw vocal. And you sing into the auto-tune, because there's effects you can get by going, singing slightly flat and going up to it. Because yeah. you want the like, uh, like those little bits, don't you? Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not going to play it because it sounds awful. Right. But if I played you the raw vocal, it's... Like sometimes <laughs> it's really flat and horrible. Um, That's interesting though. So, but in order to achieve the effect you want to achieve, you have to sing in a certain way for the yeah, program to respond to, to your yeah, voice exactly, in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Right, I didn't realise that. That's mm. really interesting. Yeah. Um, Could I persuade you to try and chance hearing that okay. original vocal take? You could twist my arm. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will. Just for you, John. Here we go. I'm, in fact, right. I'm really scared. It's so bad. Sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm fucking hard work. You can hear. Sometimes I'm the worst person. Like bending up and yeah, bending exactly. down. Yeah, exactly. So... With the effect back on. Sometimes I'm the worst person. I only know how to hurt. Yeah. 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 You want all the like. Da -da, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's which really you wouldn't get. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You'd be surprised how the, re the reaction to it. People either love it or hate it. Some people really really hate auto-tune and they're like auto-tune is not on on yeah, youtube and it's like right. it's just 30 seconds guys yeah i think yeah, it's because they don't yeah. we're using it as an effect and to get a feeling whereas i think some people think uh we're it's using, to tune your vocal yeah exactly yeah. so it's like he doesn't need auto-tune yeah no it's interesting and so then as the song progressed i mean that later on is there a trumpet on it is that was that what i there heard? is yeah so and there's uh, a flugelhorn. There is. Um, there's lots. In fact, I'll solo the brass because it's. Um, again, we got um, these two amazing players, Mike and Ryan, who we met at a kebab shop 
<laughs> not even joking they, in, in berlin yeah somewhere in so germany berlin. Yeah, yeah we went to play melt festival and did our manager know him or something was that no um our bass player who oh. plays with us live knows everyone yeah knew him yeah so they got talking and then we got talking and it turned out he knew our music and like, took his number and said we're probably going to want some brass at some point yeah 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 i'll i'll play the sort of outro with it And did they do their parts separately? Um, and then you built them up? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, some of them they did together. And then we overdubbed it and overdubbed it. Right. Because at the moment, I mean, we're, this sounds like they're both playing together. Yeah. Um, and it, where was this recorded then? At Livingston as well. Right, so, okay, yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah, we first started off with just like the pads doing the chords. And then we said, can you now sort of noodle over it? And you can sort of just hear them in the background doing little bits, which yeah. gives it all the character. And so, yeah, let's hear how the track progresses and then you introduce the brass on, on the track. I mean, it's lovely hearing it on its own, I must say. Yeah. So with the track. So the, uh, this is the outro that we never had in the sort of original versions. And that squeaky vocal thing, what's that? that? That's just Andy singing. The, it's the first line of the chorus, isn't it? Sometimes I'm stupid. Yeah, pitched just up. Pitched right. up. An octave. we do it is we get it to a point ourselves so this really still is a demo and then we send it to um, someone to mix it right and just get it sounding how we can't get it sounding um, <laughs> and when you send it to them to mix what do you send them every single track that you've put together on this thing yeah so that they can separate them out and tweak them according to know their yeah, vision of, exactly. of how it should sound yeah exactly. and do you what instruction do you give them in terms of because they've obviously got to strive towards mixing it a certain way and trying to achieve a particular thing song to song we give mm. kind of different um descriptions of what we're after but generally it's to make it just like all tighter and like beefier and bassier i think ba bass is like one of the it's one of the things we find hard to get, like sounding really tight and strong. You know, it's their trade to have all these little little tricks that they do and like outboard gear that they send stuff to and to make it all just really nice and compressed and beautiful yeah. and glitzy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So yeah. Um, let's hear a section mixed and unmixed or unmixed and then mixed. Okay, so let's do well, the chorus. Th yeah, so this is our our version. Got me thinking how sometimes I'm stupid 
I mean, it's it's all there. Mm. You can grasp the song. It's just there's like the vocal is for me sat on top, like it's poking out possibly yeah. too much. We could probably and, release it, and maybe no one would say anything other than a few like audio files. Be like, what's wrong? Something's not quite right. But uh, then you get a mix back, and you realise how much more potential there was. So it's more powerful yeah. and yeah. Um, it sounds whole. Yeah. And glued together, everything. And is there a particular go to person that you look to for your mixing? Yeah, for this album, we've, I think it's going to be entirely mixed by David Wrench. Right. Um, who's done like, Sampha and the XX and Shora and a lot of people that we really like. Mm. I think he's done Jungle's new album. Both both albums. Yeah. We've actually, and I feel very bad, but we've not met him yet. Um, we've spoken to him on the phone, but we'd like to meet the people that we're working with. Yeah. Um, so I think we've, we've got a, an appointment to go and meet him in his studio in London and just Finally. pick his brains and <laughs> yeah. find out what he's doing. Um, yeah, what magic he's up to. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, very like blasé about it, isn't it? Yeah, we asked him before, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just sending it through a few, uh, you know, multi-band compressors and stuff. Really, that's all I'm really doing." It's like you're doing more than that. <laughs> our drums didn't sound like that. <laughs> I think part of it as well is um, having an ear for. So if we've like layered up samples, like in day one, um, he can pick out which ones change the balance of it to make it sound better. I think that's also part of the skill is realizing what is important in the track to sonically make it sound full um, and bringing those elements out more. Whereas we we can get attached to stuff that we've made and you're like, I want everyone to hear that bit. Mm. But then you get a mix back and something else is louder and it does sound better. Mm. Um, but you might, we wouldn't have done it because we'll, we're too invested in what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think in a way, you know, having... Um, that part of, of the process, being able to get that extra pair of ears around it after recording and, and creating the tracks pretty much in this kind of setup, which is quite simple, mm. can transform something in yeah. such a massive way. Yeah, you're right in that it is an extra pair of ears and it's like a fresh perspective on things. And sometimes we will export the stems from the project and put them into a new project so with no plugins on or anything um and then even that is just the like a good enough step to take in order to hear it again fresh and be like oh yeah it's that, true. Uh, that piano sound has too much bass on it or whatever and then you can sort of go into it so i think that's when when a mix engineer receives a load of stems they can just see it from you know, almost like a blank canvas or yeah, they can immediately tell what they have to do to it in order to get it sounding better. And they've done, they've tweaked a piano sound a million times and we haven't. It also gets to a point where you just don't want to listen to the song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just, like we're done. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. do, 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 do something to it. this. Yeah. 
And yet you both retain the production role. I mean, you're both producers and work as producers on your own music. Mm. Um, the mixer is somebody else, but they're not taking on that production role. You know, they're just shining something up, but no, no disrespect to what they're doing. You no. know, but, um, and you, but you mentioned earlier on that you were control freaks or, you know, that you like <laughs> yeah. to take control. Is that why, you know, at this point, so far, two albums in, you're not looking for a, another producer to be involved? Well, we have, we have actually, uh, we have got a few tracks that we've worked with other producers on. Um, but we always, it's never like you produce it. We're mm. just going to make the song now. Can you produce it? Um, it's always, so we've got one track that we co-produced with Nana Rogues who produced Passion Fruit by Drake. Um, and yeah, we've just been like very open to working with other people and we went in for a day and yeah, this song called I Got You came out of it and it was very natural and Nana Rogues is singing on it, which I think is his singing debut as well i think it is yeah yeah that sounds like you're working in a different way again you know you're treating him more like ruben in in, in a way yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um, yeah we're just i think we get to a point where we're quite friendly with the people that we work with and people aren't scared to try things out um it's just like a bunch of mates in the studio yeah, like, I've got an Which idea. Should, should I like. just go into do this? And then we're like, yeah, that was great. Can you try a few more things out like that? Yeah. And suddenly um, they're like, oh shit, I'm now on the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm singing on this album. <laughs> right. You've conned me. Yeah. But clearly it shows that there are no hard, fast rules with regard to Hon and, and especially for this record, you know, in terms of how you're approaching things and, you know, quite open-minded and, and fluid, you know, yeah. obviously you originate it all. You, it starts with you, but yeah. how you Yeah, it starts it and ends all. with us, but it can go through other things on the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, well, we, I really think it's, um, uh, it would be a shame and it is a shame for musicians to, an artist to say, I'm never working with anybody based on like pride. I don't think that's, particularly healthy because ultimately the, the end goal is to come out with something that's really really good and if working with someone else helps you get there then it doesn't really matter does it who's got credits on it it's just about making something that's great yeah um and to say no i'm never doing any sessions with anybody even though it's just like a day out of your life that could you could come up with something magical afterwards mm. it's definitely worth giving it a go i yeah. would say yeah So the third song we were going to listen to was Me and You. Yes. Um, this is an example of that. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. God, it's flowing so well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this, um, this uh, is a, another song that we've sort of worked with another artist on. Uh, his name is Tom Mish. He's um, a, yeah, a great artist in his own right. And yeah, we respect him highly and have been enjoying his music for you know, a long time, years. yeah, a long yeah. time now. Um, but yeah, he had a he had uh, been approached by Red Bull Studios, and they said to him, "Look, our studio in London is free for a week. Do you want to come in and use it?" And he said yes. And he um, approached other artists and said, "Do you want to come down for a day?" Um, which we were one of, and we did. And we went down and met him <laughs> um, and just hung out, listened to music. 
um like showed he showed us some of his new album and we showed him some of ours yeah <laughs> and then just started writing a song and it was very basic what we came up with but it led to something yeah really really cool yeah let's hear the complete track um and then go back and see how that worked out yeah is me and you yes well obviously that's the finished version it sounds so fully rounded there's all these different elements in it and quite contrasting elements to the elements we've already heard um in in this session you know um and and the instrumentation i mean i, I love all those sounds um what has created them and how did you create that to start with we started off just talking about what kind of beat we should go with yeah um and i think i just said i'd love to use like a they had a drum kit there, didn't they? They did, yeah. And I went in and just played that like, dum, 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 like that kind of thing. But I'm not very good at drums, so it's... right. But you could you play they a found little. Found a good loop, oh. and <laughs> cut it up, and found the great loop. Because in terms of demarcation, I mean, obviously Andy sings. Yeah. Um, who? How do you define your other roles? Because I've seen it's footage a free of for you all other than that playing. <laughs> keyboards james you know yeah and so it's a live is that what you generally do or? yeah live i generally sing i generally play keys so <laughs> um, i sing i play guitar yeah uh, i play a bit like loads of keyboards and some guitar and andy sings and plays guitar yeah or samples like trigger pads james's main instrument though is guitar and he's the best guitarist that i know that's not true. Tom well, Mish is. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Damn you, Tom Mish. Um, but until the accident, the oh, yeah. accident. I cut my finger off in my middle finger. You see like the bone trying to poke through. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in a letterbox. Wow. And I was drunk, which is really bad. Um, How long ago? You know, like when you, it's called knock down ginger. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not long enough ago for this to be like a childish mistake. <laughs> and yeah, we were just on the way back after a foolish night and um and it was like a bike shop <laughs> so not even a normal person just a normal house but it was one of those letter boxes you know that like really grabs back afterwards it's like an angry dog <laughs> um and i've just put my hand in to make the noise on the letterbox and was running and it just went like walked off and was like mm, that felt weird I looked down and my fingernail was gone and oh. went back and it was like hanging off the letterbox oh, oh wow did you take it away? Yeah, yeah. I took it. Yeah, I got. Can I get this to take away? <laughs> 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 We're going to have this for dinner later. <laughs> Fry this up. 
Um, and I, yeah, so I like put it back on and then luckily there was like a festival in the area and there was an ambulance at my mate's house within like two minutes. It was great. Um, and he was like, Ooh, that looks bad. <laughs> I was like, great. Thanks. And he took me to the hospital and they sewed it back on, but they were like, there's, there's no way. Like, it's just the fingertip. It's like a centimeter maybe at the time. And he was like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna stay on, but it will grow into it as much as it can. So you might get your nail back and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. And eventually um, it goes black and hard. And then it, I, it eventually got to a point where in the shower I could spin it like <laughs> a thousand degrees. It's pretty, are you going to be sick? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just comes off. Oh, the end of your finger. Yeah. yeah. But it goes like, it sounds like wooden. Like it's like, like wow. when you bang it on the side. Yeah. Completely Amazing. like pla- like wooden yeah. finger. And how long ago was that? That was maybe like five years ago. Right. Okay. Do you reckon? Yeah. Five or six years ago. So on the first album, we've got a guitar solo on a song called All in the Value. Had you, had that already happened or? That had already happened, yeah. Actually, the so next. So you did that with, with the, your finger? Yeah. And so how, how is it now? It's, I can't use the middle finger. Oh, I can a bit. But um, I've started using my thumb more for chords. Like right. To play roots. So you're developing a Something way around Andy it. Something showed me actually a lot of. It's true. It's not the correct way to do it, is it? I'm not sure. But it works i'm just thinking other Very i mean django reinhardt and tony iomi both yeah. developed distinctive styles yeah. because of finger django injuries had like two, two fingers, fingers. yes yeah. yeah yeah so i've got no excuse yeah. before that <laughs> no, yeah. so the future's bright isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and you've already found your way around it yeah. in different ways but i it's, feel like uh, we spent too long on this area of my life <laughs> <laughs> so but you, it's funny it's you still play building. guitar as part of the band sometimes yes. and yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so anyway, Tom Mish obviously <laughs> played guitar on this one. Um, so this is where we got to after our day in the studio with Tom Mish. Yeah. Um, it's very rough, but there's the idea there. always amazes me that sound that you can create because you can create that sound somehow with a keyboard as well and i'm never sure when i hear tunes with this kind of sound yeah, like a wah, like, auto yeah yeah kind of now part. is that that's tom on bass as well so we we only really had two sections and it was this section and then the section coming up as well um, which Tom had just made these chords. Yeah. What a great day in yeah. the studio. Yeah. I mean, that's sounds so nice. And so on keys, this is you on keys, then Andy. No. no. Um, Doing all I'll those tell you what I did. I tell you what I did all, all day was this. Did I do that? Yeah, did that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where is it? This, which is the best part, honestly. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, that's guys. a good sound. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that's a good sound. <laughs> that's a bloody good sound, man. 
So yeah, back to the back to the new one. And this sample obviously is the like famous. So that's song. Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Now, did you use the sample before you wrote the song? No, no. because because there's a whole theme with the way you've. Yeah, the song is like um, you know falling madly in love with someone to a point where you just feel like you're floating into outer space. And I thought, well, you know, why don't What's we try and use that? this sample? Yeah. Which apparently, I really hope we can use. Apparently it's like all copyright free. Yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Because I did wonder, I think, oh, is that an expensive thing to that? use? Yeah. yeah. Um, That's what we thought. But apparently, I mean, maybe when you see us again next time, we'll be like, <laughs> in like withered old clothes, like, we got sued. <laughs> but... I like the way that you use a little bit of spoken word. Obviously, we heard Warm on a Cold Night, and that yeah. has the DJ introduction. Yeah. But it's nice because you, especially on the introduction to your debut album, because it kind of it almost sets the tone yeah. for, for the record and, and explains that you're called Hon. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I suspect that you've been asked many times, you know, oh, your name, you know, how do you pronounce it, and all that kind of stuff. But you cleverly dodge all that by that telling yeah, people yeah. immediately. Yeah, but people still ask us to this very day and get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Um, there's another song. Um, well, actually, someone sent it to us um, on Facebook. They saw an interview with Kirk Hammett from Metallica and he was talking about the music that he listens to before and after he goes surfing. And I... <laughs> And he was talking about this band, like he was saying, two guys from the UK. I think he said two weird guys from the UK. Yeah, I think he did. Um, but he can't. He doesn't know what we're called. He can't pronounce it. He thinks we're called. Well, you'll hear what I think. <laughs> so yeah, this is Kirk Hammett. Yeah, this this one then Hone or Non Hone. I don't even know how to say their name. After I surf. All right. Yeah. And what makes you happy? I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. So Kirk, and he's he's well happy. So we've cleared that with him, and the the it was like a festival interview, I think, that they were playing. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he said he'd be honoured to be on it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So that's nice. That's great. Yeah, it's funny. We wanted to get him to do a guitar solo on a track, but we haven't got that far yet yeah, maybe one day you never maybe, know. I mean you've got yeah. some really high caliber people working on this project now yeah it's yeah. amazing and so we've heard a lot of the the fully realized version of me and you I mean you, you had that fantastic session that fantastic day with Tom um, did he come back did you have to work it up further with Tom or did you then think right we've got the bare bones we, we know what we want to do it was more that yeah, yeah. Um, it was sort of you who led the charge with it you kind of took those stems that we just heard yeah and then made it into a, a hon instrumental mm -hmm. and then it wasn't for a good couple of months where everyone was like this is really good um where i was like okay i'll do my thing now <laughs> yeah. um so yeah. enough enough people have said that you need to do the vocals <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah then after a while i stuck a vocal on it and there we go that was it and so, so you thought of a nice upbeat tune, going to put you in a good mood. If yeah. You thought something really and I positive. Think, you know, actually, I don't know if I ever thought, but because um, Tom's artwork for his previous stuff is almost space. There's like and lots stars. of stars. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if that was like a subconscious thing, but it ended up kind of being more integrated than, well, I don't know, just being... <laughs> integrated somehow yeah yeah 
Yeah. And did you need to re-record anything, or because it just seems so amazing that you know you, with that one session that you came up with all these different parts that worked so well? Yeah. Um, yeah like, so did you have we, to get Tom back to do more bass or do more guitar? No. Or? So Tom, we had like good bass, and the guitar parts were all great. Um, I overdubbed some more like electronic bass on top, mm. and we went, uh, and I just put some extra synths and stuff in, and I layered different things up. Um, but then we went back to Livingston Studios again <laughs> um, to record drums on it with a drummer called Toby Cooling, um, who's a mate, but he's just is a like a good session drummer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just nailed it and added in all the like like little like just right. Like... You came into my life with no warning, like a flash of light. And I was doing fine But as you came in I watched my future rewrite I'm not yeah. ready Yeah, the result's great I mean, it just sounds I mean, And so many of the tracks do Sound as if you're all playing together in a room Having a lot of fun Yeah You know, which is quite an achievement Considering that, you know A lot of it is created in this In this room here Yeah That is part of the Well, it's part of what we try and do Is to make it sound not necessarily like live like like a live band has played it but like there is a live element to it yeah um it's not all software synths and samples there are people actually playing real instruments which i think which is what gives it that live yeah. element to it and we all we always like we do stuff like if if we've got another singer in here as well then we're all three of us will stand hear and sing into that mic and sing like group vocals and then if there's like a funky bit someone will go woo and then we'll just keep that in yeah. like that's in this track yeah um as in the second pre should we just play it and it, you can hear the just like little bits like that and i love that like there's parts in beatles tracks there's this one chord in let, let it, it be, be yeah, and i think it was probably a mistake but it's like my favourite part of the whole song and just little bits like that, I think, make an in a record a bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was been fascinating hearing all about it in the place that so much of it was created. Yeah. Thanks so much for letting us come in to the Inner Sanctum. Um, okay. do, do, do you give it a name? <laughs> does it have a, a name? It does, do, actually. Do you... Yeah, so it's called Toki Doki Studios, which uh, Toki Doki is a Japanese word, which means sometimes... So it's sometimes a studio and sometimes a mezzanine floor. <laughs> In a house, yeah. where you live. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Andy, James, thank you so much. And thank maybe we'll much. have another blast of me and you just to see things out, to yeah, keep that party it. going. Yeah, fade out go. going, Andy. <laughs> oh, look at that. We're going to start dancing now. Tape Notes is brought to you by In The Woods. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review, tell your friends about us and make sure you're subscribed so you can enjoy the latest episodes when they're released. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see the scenes behind the podcast. All links are in the episode description or alternatively, head to our website, tapenotes.co.uk. I'm John Kennedy. Thanks for listening. Speak to you next time.
me. 